right, welcome back. We are in studio with Tyler Tharp, and of all people, for me to get the name of his company wrong, he's just changed the name of it, Synergy Training Group. Um, he is going to be talking to us today about all sorts of things. I think you're going to find this conversation really interesting, whether you are man, woman, uh, like guns, don't like guns, there's there's just a lot to cover here. So I'm excited. Um I am Allison Noe with Whole Story Health, filling in today for Jamison Haygood. So obviously the intro um, is a little misleading, but you know, hey, maybe one day I'll have a song picked out and ready to go. <laughs> All right, Tyler, welcome to the studio. How are you today? I was actually with uh, Rebecca Turner. Uh, good things with Rebecca over at uh, Super Talk Studio. So it was a lot of fun. Glad to be uh, back on the air again. Yeah. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I knew when they asked, and y'all forgive me, I didn't have his mic on for the first like sentence or two that he said. <laughs> I was like, speak up. Um, learner's permit today. Um, anyway, yeah, when when I got the, the text Friday, would I fill in? And I was like, okay, one hour, I can do that. And then when I found out it was two hours, I was like, huh. What, what am I going to do? And <laughs> Tyler and I actually really love talking about, we kind of have um, combined our our workforces, if you will, because I feel like they are just so fitting. And so um, it was just kind of the obvious answer. So um, Tyler, I want to, first of all, and we'll go back over this, but tell people where they can find you on the internet. Oh, the interwebs. Let's see. Synergy Training Group on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, I don't tweet and I don't TikTok, but I do the other things. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about lethal and less lethal self-defense. So mm-hmm. when, first of all, I'm curious, what is your favorite thing to teach on? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you want to start this out by telling what you do with Synergy Training Group, yeah. um, and then go into some of your favorite things to teach on and what you've been being called on to teach a lot more about lately. So all of that actually plays into exactly why I changed the name of the company this year. Originally, years ago, uh, Wesley Sutterfield, he actually just texted me, <laughs> he, uh, he, Jason Anderson, and I came up with the name. It was mostly Wesley, uh, Synergy Shooting Solutions, because I was just teaching the fun shooty on the range type of stuff, right? Defensive pistol, performance carbine, everything in the middle, right? And as, as I've grown as a shooter and a protector and have been assigned uh, different tasks, such as security or speaking engagements, um, I've, I've come across different types of clientele. I've found a, um, a, a new, different, maybe even more broad market. It's not just shooting anymore. Um, believe it or not, what I do now may be uh, a quarter shooting, um, helping people understand the importance of first aid, situational awareness, preservation of life, the legality of what they can and can't do with their concealed weapon, helping them get fitted for a proper holster or helping them understand less lethal options such as OC spray. And I've recently became a dealer for uh, Palm Industries OC spray. 
So like all these, all these new fun things that I've been tasked to do that I've come to really love even, even more than just the shooty stuff. Um, is the reason why I changed it to synergy training group. Um, it, it really, so the word synergy came from Wes because he really appreciates the, the holistic approach I have to shooting. And, um, I've taken that and ran with it and I, I now apply it to, you know, preservation of life. It's, it's not just self-defense anymore, um, with lethal means it's, it's self-preservation by all means, uh, not in, and of your family as well. So, um, so far right now, as we're sitting here in 2023, uh, beginning part, my most favorite thing to teach, believe it or not, is speaking engagements, helping people find the correct mindset, uh, to be a good saver and protector and as well as educating them on what they uh, can and can't do legally and morally, helping kind of get their uh, moral compass uh, realigned in case they ever do find themselves in a less than ideal situation. I love that. And I think that's one of the things that I've respected so much about your approach because, you know, we live in a very pro gun rights uh, state. And Good. for that, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I've just always thought, well, that's great. That's wonderful. That's mm-hmm. all you need to know. But you've really opened my eyes to, okay, well, let's talk about these situations and what is appropriate, mm-hmm. what is legal, what would you be able to live with or what would I be able to live with mm-hmm. in a certain situation? Um, you know, I've owned a gun for years, never shot it, never practiced, and I'm being so humbled right now in that um, I'm back down to practicing with pepper spray on a regular basis and and thinking about these scenarios and situations and, of course, getting some more time behind the gun thanks to you. But Mm -hmm. um, I, I do really have a huge appreciation for how much you've opened my eyes because it's in in the way that I look at health, you know, it's our responsibility. Our health is our responsibility. And, and I have just always relied on other people for my safety. And at the end of the day, my safety is my responsibility. Just like your health. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I didn't do a good job at all introducing you when you were actually in studio. (laughs) I've talked a little bit about you while you weren't here. But um, so Tyler does competition shooting and it is actually a lot of fun to watch. (laughs) I really enjoy it, especially when he's shooting because he's so fast. (laughs) Um, And so but he is just not that one track minded competition shooter. Like he really does love to teach on. all, all sides of it. Some of the things that I love that you're doing now um, are working with big groups like real estate companies and churches and teaching them what the laws are as far as protection goes. Um, and let's, I, I want you to talk a little bit about that, what that scenario looks like when you're working with these groups, why mm-hmm. it's so important that they get a bigger picture and how you can help groups like that. I, I love I love expanding people's perspective, and it's exactly what it is. So if, if anybody out there has ever followed my social media, you've probably heard me say something along the lines of, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, and it sure is hard to build a whole house with just a hammer. Um, now, 
we live in the United States of America, the the most free country on this beautiful planet. I mean, we we love our guns as we should. It's like that uh, thing on the social say. It's the second thing we wrote. Yeah, literally, because it's that important. Like your freedom of speech, and then your right to protect that. Um, I even have uh, part of the top of the Constitution tattooed on my uh, left arm because I wholeheartedly believe in it. God and Constitution should absolutely run this um, this country. So, but I say all that to say this: we have we have we have such pride in our ability and our freedom to own a gun that we have somehow started to look at a gun as a solution to all problems. I don't dig on that at all. I, like you are far more likely to need to apply CPR or, or some sort of first aid to someone in, in, in your life than you are to pull a gun on someone. All right. So it's so much more than that. Am I telling you that carrying a gun isn't important? No, I'm not. Um, that is, that's your right and your choice to make by all means. I, I put on a gun every single day of my life and I carry it on my person for no less than 12 hours every single day. But that is my choice and my freedom to make. I'm also extremely extremely trained in so many other other things um you'll hear you'll hear me every once in a while say things like verbal judo and that's your ability to de-escalate a situation and take control of it simply by talking um usually that is my very first tool of the toolbox of things i have uh in any situation um next next up is going to be alerting the proper authorities getting them on the way uh next up is going to be a less lethal option and then last, very, very last, is going to be a lethal option. Very last. Um, and that includes any, any sort of lethal weapon. It, it doesn't have to be, just be a gun. Um, so I really love broadening people's perspective on all the options they have on getting out of a, again, less than ideal situation. So that's a lot to take in, a right? Lot. You and. It's going to be a lot to take in in a very short amount of time. So uh, talk to me a little bit about that process where you you say you like to train people mm-hmm. um, in something between a harsh word and a gun. Or how do you say yeah. that? Yeah, no. So actually, I stole those words from John Correa. Um, one of the many certifications that I hold is I completed the ASPIC program last year. And that is a uh, that is owned and operated by a gentleman named John Korea, and he is he's got one of the largest self defense YouTube channels, just thousands of videos of violent encounters that are studied, and I would greatly uh, recommend people watch those. Anyway, but yes, you definitely need something between a harsh word and a, and a gun, and uh, it could be a flashlight, it could be OC spray. It could be um, a taser if you have a proper one. I don't teach taser stuff because the ones that civilians have are, generally speaking, junk. Uh, most OC sprays are also junk. Um, it's just something else I teach. But I, I really like to utilize some of my own experiences and maybe even sometimes some videos, depending on how much time I have, to showcase to people that a gun isn't their only option. That they, that, and they should be comfortable in knowing that they have many other tools that they can utilize. So you mentioned that most OC sprays are garbage. Mm-hmm. Can you can you give a shout out to a couple that you do recommend? Yeah. And and also tell why the good ones are good and the bad ones are bad. Well, and what that is. What is an OC spray? Sorry. OC <laughs> spray. Uh, uh yep, so that's just the technical term for pepper spray. It's just the um Olorison capsaicin is the the fancy word for it and sometimes I jumble that up as well. 
but it's just the, the, the spicy oils extracted from spicy peppers and concentrated into an aerosol delivery method. Um, sometimes they're in these little pepper ball things. Those are stupid. Don't do that. Um, (laughs) there's so many gimmicks out there. Uh, just so many. I mean, they're, they're, the gimmicks in my world are probably just as big as the gimmicks in your world of yeah. all these, you know, quick fix pills and shakes and this is and that's, and they're all just junk. Um, there's two I recommend for a pocket size, easy to carry on your person or clipped onto your purse or something like that. And that is going to be Palm Industries, P-O-M. That stands for peace of mind and uh, Saber Red. I prefer the Palm because of the safety actuation, the, the safety uh, cap as well as the actuate, actuation method. Oh tongue-tied there for a second the saber red you have to like move a little thing over and then down and it's it's it it, unless you train a lot on it it can not be as intuitive as the palm uh, delivery that's really really helpful and we will post in the um whole story health our facebook group we'll post a video where we talk about how to use the palm spray specifically so you can get a better idea visual um all right we are coming up on a break we're going to pick back up with tyler tharp with synergy training group on the other side all right welcome back in we are live with tyler tharp uh, synergy training group and tyler just so I can make sure I'm doing this board right, say something. <laughs> Let me make sure I can hear you. Say something. <laughs> All right. I, I think we have it. Um, but y'all make sure to text in if for some reason you can't. Because, again, I'm learning and having fun and maybe even sweating a little bit doing it. So <laughs> um, the text line, if you have any questions for me regarding health or Tyler regarding anything that he is talking about, Shoot us a text at 601-540-2476. All right, so Tyler, during the break, we were Mm -hmm. talking about just some fun subjects. So uh, let's talk a little bit about situational awareness. I will tell you, as a woman who has just never really paid attention to her Mm -hmm. environment, I just very much am probably running late for something and you know my yep. mind is just super distracted we have these phones that are always mm-hmm. distracting us um we call it, that condition white yeah mm-hmm. what is that the color codes of awareness by colonel jeff cooper um he he founded gunsight a long time ago over in arizona and then he also coined the color codes of awareness so and, and most people that are very uh you, you know otherwise occupied, mm-hmm. um, not very aware. They live in condition white. Okay. Okay. I get it now. So, and that is, I think it's important to practice more situational awareness for mm-hmm. ourselves, but I think so many times about my friends who have daughters, sons too, obviously it's important for men and women, but I just feel like this culture of women are so distracted. Yes. So, all right. I love that. The condition white, tell, mm-hmm. let's just talk, dive into to situational awareness and how we can become better at that. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. Situational awareness is actually something I prioritize no matter how little of time I've given to, to do some sort of speaking engagement because um, it's that important. All right. Not being surprised. That means that you're going to have more distance and more time for more options. It's, uh, that's something I, I preach all the time. Uh, if you need, in a situation, you need to create as much distance to give you more time to give you more options. 
And if you're living in condition white, which is that completely unaware, unaware and preoccupied um, level of awareness, then the situation is going to jump up on you and right in your face, and you're going to have no time and no options. Um, and generally speaking, that's what happens um, whenever you see abductions uh, and then surprise burglaries or carjackings, things like that, is, is these crooks. They are preying on people that are living in that condition white. If you're in condition white, you're an easy target. You just aren't paying attention, man. Um, now, am I saying that you're uh, completely, uh, you know, like you'll never get robbed or anything like that if you're in condition yellow, which is the state of always being aware and, and conscious of your surroundings? No, uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you are living in the condition white, you are absolutely an easy target and more, more likely to be taken advantage of. So I love the story of your mom. So would you tell us the story about your mom? And would you say that yeah. she was condition yellow? Uh, man, mom lives in condition yellow, borderline orange. <laughs> so uh, right quick, the, the levels are white, yellow, orange, and red. White is unaware. Yellow is aware. Orange is a heightened sense of awareness. Like you feel like something bad's about to happen. You start seeing some signals of uh, violence. Uh, and you still have plenty of time and distance to escape. And then red is, uh, it, it's time to make action. Um, escaping is still, is still an option. Um, if it, if it, if it allows itself to be, but generally speaking, you're gonna have to, you defend know, your life, defend or run. Um, exactly. And, and don't underestimate running like, you know, however many years ago it was that we had dinosaurs. We sure weren't, weren't shooting them. They were 15s. Like we, we were running from them. So, uh, running is the oldest form of self, self-defense. But anyway, back to the story on my mom. Um, so those that don't know my mom, she was an undercover narc agent for uh, a state agency and then did some uh, patrol work for VPD. Um, so she's uh, she's very in tune. Um, she got into a uh, she, she broke her back a couple of times, actually. So um, she had to be medically retired. So, you know, without going to that story, she was parked in the handicapped parking space in the front of Walmart in Warren County. And. Uh, she come out doing her grocery shopping, put her groceries up, went and returned her buggy back to the return area because she's you know she's a a good human being, right? It doesn't leave their carts and the their buggies in the dang parking area. Anyway, <laughs> that drives me crazy. I hope those people step on Legos every night. Um, there are definitely two types of people. <laughs> yes, like I will go out of my way to put my buggy up, um, or sometimes I'm lazy and I just park next to the return little spots. So right, I don't have to go very far. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, she's coming back from putting her buggy up. She opens the door. She's driving a truck, all right, a, a jacked-up F-150, you know, because that's just mom, right? She's got to have big, bad trucks and cool things and 140-pound German Shepherds, and that's just how mom is. Okay, I have to pause this story, and it's a really great story, but um, the first picture that I saw of Tyler's mom, and, and she's a very important person in my life because she's Tyler's mom, and I, w- I want to... I wanted to like I wanted her to like me I wanted Mm -hmm. to make a good impression and the first picture I saw of her was she had on like these camouflage pants a white Mm -hmm. tank top and she was standing in front of the biggest alligator I'd ever seen that she (laughs) had just killed (laughs) so like very G.I. Jane and I'm very not (laughs) and and so I was like holy moly like and and it turns out like her love for dogs, like she's one of those that would give you the shirt off her back. She's one of the most yeah. amazing women, great cooks. Like I just adore her. But let's just say that like she doesn't walk around looking like a victim. No, she doesn't. 
she doesn't. And anybody that knows her knows that. Um, she's a very she's a very tough woman. Um, she used to whoop me like it was a, an Olympic sport when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I earned every bit of it. But um, but yeah. So as she opens her door, some dude pops out and uh, grabs her and tells her to give uh, give him her keys. He was going to take her truck, steal her stuff. Um, well, we don't know his full intention. He may have tried to scoop her up and abduct her or anything like that. So we don't know. Um, and I'm glad we don't know. And the reason why we don't know is because she reached into her purse acting like she was going to grab her keys. Of course, this guy didn't have a gun on her uh, or a knife or any sort of lethal. So she, he didn't have the drop on her just yet, uh, so to speak. So she pulled out her, uh, her concealed carry pistol out of her purse and uh, um, pointed it right at him. I won't tell you exactly how. It's a little vulgar. And uh, he boogied out. Like, he ran. <laughs> she let him know he had an option here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, she drew the line in the sand. She's like, all right, well, you can run or you can uh, keep trying with this attack. Um, and then we, so, you know, she has metal rods and screws bolted together in her back, basically. So she's she's not very able anymore in, in the hands-on type of thing. So right. there is a disparity of force that allowed her to go straight to lethal force, even though he didn't present any sort of lethal force. And disparity of force is something that I go over in these classes. But anyway, so he runs off. They, they um, yeah. So uh, she didn't have to. She didn't have to take a life or anything like that. Um, she was aware, right? So, like I said earlier, just because you live in condition yellow doesn't mean that you um, are, in, you know, uh, impossible to be robbed. The word I'm looking for is escaping me. But um, yeah, straight from yellow to red on that situation, mm-hmm. and. Because of her extensive training, and she'll mm-hmm. even say, like, she did not want to shoot that man. Right. No she, one wants to. Right. And and she was, uh, but she knew what to do in the moment. But even with her training, there are things that she critiques herself on that she yeah. wishes she would have done better. Mm-hmm. And so that has really, that has always stuck out to me when I hear this story because, I mean, she's highly trained and she still has things that she could have done better. Mm-hmm. And that means that someone like me, like we really have some work to do. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't walk around in a state of high of hypervigilance. Like I'm not a very fearful person, but I have definitely become more aware of my surroundings and I mean, you can't turn on the radio without hearing another story of something crazy. And so it just makes it a little bit easier to make sure that I'm doing my part. So um, speaking of, we're going to get into um, a little bit of the craziness of our capital city and our country. (laughs) When we get back, we are coming up on a break. Uh, But y'all stay tuned. This conversation is... um, All right, we are back. This is Allison Noe with an extended version of the Whole Story Health Hour. Um, Also filling in for Jameson Haygood and just having a good time. I appreciate those of y'all that are joining us and um, we welcome feedback and questions. Y'all don't hesitate to send them on over 601-540-2476 is the text line. Um, and we are in studio with Tyler Tharp with Synergy Training Group and just talking about, we just got done talking about situational awareness and how important that is. Um, speaking of, we can't really 
turn on the news without hearing of something else that's happened in our capital city. And, you know, just our world today is it's it's not always uh, a pleasant place for females you know to feel safe and obviously this applies uh, to males too but because I am a a woman and I also work primarily with women I'm always thinking about how to help us Um, so but tell me I'm curious what your thoughts are on just Jackson (laughs) well uh, my thoughts are I I work there right so my my normal nine to five during the week is um, uh, general contract, I manage residential services, um, for a gentleman named James Rivers. So we have to, uh, we have to go in and rehab houses that haven't, that's been vacated for a long time, uh, or sold off types of things. And a lot of those are in Jackson and the less desirable areas. I mean, it just, that, that's just the nature of the work. I've also done private security work all throughout West and South Jackson. So, um, I've helped work events, so I've had my time with that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying all this um, without reason. I say this to let the viewers know, or listeners, listeners, because they can't see us. <laughs> <laughs> let the listeners know that I'm not just an outsider looking in with uh, some silly opinion, that I do actually have firsthand experience in Jackson and in the very specific areas that aren't so uh, pleasant. It is no secret that Jackson is uh, usually in the top three of most murders per capita, um, if not first place. Some years we've, we've held that top ranking. Um, it's no secret that the leadership is not exactly uh, pro-Constitution. And, you know, I could, I could you know, put on my, my gun hat and say, oh, they're the anti-gun. Well, they're, they're anti a lot of things. Um, I'm not a big politics person. Uh, but I do have a general viewing uh, of how they're running the city. Uh, let's see. Jackson PD is at a average of 1.8 law enforcement officers per 100,000 or per, per uh, 1,000 residents. The national average is 2.4, which is still on the low end. So if you go to like really big departments, uh, case in point, New York, uh, they're actually close to three per 1,000 because they have just they ha- they have the manpower for it. And again, I say Jackson JPD is 1.8. So prior to the Capital PD expansion, um, Jackson is just undermanned. Mm. Like it, it, it absolutely just doesn't have the manpower to create the safe city that it, it could be. Um, the violent people have just been able to run free for far too long, and they, they've gotten comfortable in knowing that JPD ain't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I've been in situations where I've needed JPD, and if they even do show up, it, like I remember one response time for a lady waving around a knife inside of a bank with those had a pit bull with her hanging around, and I, I love pit bulls, so don't take that the way, you know don't hear what I'm not saying type of thing. Um, but it, it took them 40 minutes to respond to that because something else was uh, took priority, and they just didn't have the manpower for it. 40 minutes for a crazy chick waving around a knife inside of a bank. <laughs> I mean, that it is what it is, honestly. I think the expansion of Capital PD is really, really going to help out. Um, they're either going to tone down the violence or the violence is going to start spreading out. And I think Clinton and Pearl are going to start having a hard time. Uh, Byram, places like that. Luckily, uh, thankfully, Clinton, Byram, 
Pearl. They all have a pretty good police department, and they're pretty well manned. Um, so, I, it, and this isn't something that's going to change overnight. I actually did an interview for, uh, was it the New York Times? I don't remember. But so, like our our city crime, Jackson City crime, had actually made national news, and I was working a private event, private security down there by the uh, Capitol and by the governor's mansion, and one of the reporters came and took a uh, interview with me. And this was right as uh, Bo took over the uh, Capitol PD, and they were talking about how, you know, how did I think the Capitol PD expansion was going to affect it? I was like, it's going to be great. It's not going to, but it's not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wants to snap their fingers and have their garbage suddenly start being picked up and no more violence tomorrow. Hey, I I would like that too. Don't get me wrong. But this is going to take a while. All right. The city didn't get violent overnight. And it's not going to lose its violence overnight. That's such a great point. And as we're already seeing, it's already started to spill over mm-hmm. into other areas. And yep. so I don't want to just be, you know, hating on Jackson. I think I think over the overall arching theme there is that it just enhances the need for us to take ownership of our own self-defense and security. Yep. And. I know firsthand that there are um, violent crimes and auto thefts that are happening in Flowood. You know, yep. I mean, it's it's not that this is just obviously the rate is much higher in Jackson because mm-hmm. for a while I just had the mindset of, well, I just won't go to Jackson. Right. But then I had an incident that happened in to me in Flowood and, and thankfully it wasn't serious but it felt really serious is actually the reason that I initially reached out to Tyler years ago um but it's it's something that we can't just look at this and say well we just won't go to these dangerous areas we need to be aware um everywhere because as we're seeing crazy things are happening everywhere um and that's probably something that I feel it's so important my mom's a real estate appraiser my parents my whole family has been in real estate for a long long time And so, you know, real estate agents, appraisers, they're going to houses all over the state, Mm -hmm. oftentimes by themselves. So when you're talking to groups like this, um, what are some of their biggest questions or or what do you feel are some of the most important things for them to know as far as like what rights they have um, in protecting themselves or their their stuff, their vehicles, their homes, castle law, that kind of thing. It's a lot, but... Yeah, so Castle Law pretty much uh, starts and ends in your house. Um, now, your vehicle is an extension of your home as long as you are occupying it as well. Um, and realistically, as far as like what that means for us, it just means we can carry a, 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 a weapon in our vehicle and have it concealed however we want, as long as you're not a prohibited person. And I, I, I would go down that rabbit hole, but we don't have time for it. But anyway, um, however, no matter what provision you think you're protected under, Here's a line in the sand that no one can cross, all right, legally. Some people have that, uh, don't have morals, so they can cross it. But here's here's my line in the sand, and here's your legal line in the sand. You cannot protect property with lethal force, plain and simple, all right? Even if you point a gun at someone, and they're just, all they're doing is breaking in your vehicle, and they don't, they're, not, they're not attacking you or trying to hurt life in any type of way, that's uh, brandishing, and that's no good either. All right, there's a video recently that's been been viral on the on the socials, and it's uh it's this guy at a gas station kicking this other guy's truck, the bed, and the owner of the truck pulls out a gun and shoots him. 
and everybody in the comments were like, oh, that's what he gets, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, no, that's murder. Mm-hmm. And he's going to prison, and he deserves that prison time because he just took a life over a truck. And I know these trucks, you know, nowadays cost 90 grand. I get that. But now you got to go answer to God why you took someone's life, a precious life that God created, because they were kicking your truck. I don't, I, I don't understand that mindset, and I, I, I never will. And regardless, and I'm, I'm a million percent with you there. Um, but even outside of how we feel about it, it's illegal. If it's your illegal. life is not being threatened, then yeah. you, you, it's illegal to use lethal force. Lethal force. Yep. So, can you explain to the listeners what, how that situation could have been different? It. Like what? What would have had to happen for their life to be legally considered in danger? In danger. Yeah. Well, and it's also good to note, right quick, you can also defend uh, an innocent party uh, if there's if there's imminent uh, fear uh, of of life or uh, grave bodily harm, you can use lethal force. All right, but it has to be of a life. Um, a less lethal option would have been great, right there. That dude kicking that truck, he didn't have a knife in his hand. He didn't have a gun in his hand. He was just simply kicking the truck. Now, did he have a knife or a gun on him? I don't know. Uh, I haven't been able to dig that deep into it yet. I do know that um, as that dude was pulling the trigger, shooting that guy, there was no threat to life. Um, So OC would have been a great, great option here. Just aim at the eyes, let him have it, and laugh at him crying on the ground and drive away. Report or, or um, or at least create some distance and, and alert the authorities and, and create a good report. Mm-hmm. That's That should have been the only solution to that. So if the guy had, the guy that kicked the truck had mm-hmm. a gun and pulled it out. Then leave the force of being justified. Right. Absolutely. And then there was some conversation after the whole St. Patty's Day deal. We won't dig oh, into goodness. that too deep. But if someone has turned around and they are walking away from you mm-hmm. and n- that's no longer considered to be a threat, a threat if right. they're not walking towards someone else to hurt someone else. Right. If Correct. they're walking. Okay. And the, and the, we're talking about l- a legal perspective here. Yes. Yeah. So legally, again, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't use lethal force unless there's a threat to life, plain and simple. And everybody's like, you can't shoot someone in the back. Well, there are actually certain exceptions there. I do remember a video of a cop shooting a, a perp in the back one time, but that perp was shooting uh, around his body, kind of under his armpit, back towards the cops and like towards innocent people. And uh, so that was very justified. Um, take this other example. What if you had a kid on a playground and a and someone was running at your kid to either snatch him or stab him or do them otherwise harm? Absolutely, because again, you're you're protecting life at that point. Mm-hmm. These are s- just things that are so important to think about. It always makes me think back to my time at Ole Miss when I was working in the Turner Center, and we would have to practice active shooter situations and scenarios, mm-hmm. and it gets your brain thinking on a level that is important. It's not pleasant always, but it's yep. important, and and so that's what you and I have recently teamed up to do. So we um, actually go out and speak in the community and uh, it it all kind of started when one of us was asked to speak um, for an event. And I know when I'm talking about health and when Tyler is training, maybe some hands-on self-defense stuff, um, 
it, it just works out better if the men and the women are separated, yep. okay, for both yep. scenarios. Mm-hmm. I, I can't talk to women about women's health in a room full of dudes. It's just, yeah. the, it, you know, maybe. And I can't it, be having women, like, having to be followed up on by men. Exactly. It just work out. Yeah. yeah. So we um, came up with a great solution because both topics seem to be coming up a lot among big groups and so you know we go to these things together and I'll talk to the women about health while he's talking to the guys about self-defense and then we swap and it's worked out really well Mm -hmm. and we love to do that if anybody's interested in hiring us to do that um, please reach out we you know for your company your church um, we recently talked to a group of students at Pine Lake and that was so much fun. We really enjoyed that and they were so invested in the information and we love that. Um, so, but all of the things that he's mentioned, that's, you know, these are the things that he teaches on. Yes. So, um, we've got one more break and then we're going to come back. And as Clay always says, laying the plane, we're going to remind <laughs> people where they can find you and, um, then we're going to lunch. So y'all hang on. We'll be right back. All right. We are wrapping up the show. Um, I can't believe that y'all let me have a microphone for two hours. So yay for that. (laughs) (laughs) This has been flown by too. Yeah, it really does. It goes by so fast. So um, just to finish up, Tyler, will you remind everybody where they can find you online? Yeah, so um, you can also the website. I totally forget that I have a website, <laughs> synergyshooting.com. Um, if you'd like to host me in some, some capacity, that's the best way to do the because there's a contact form on that website uh, for entertainment purposes, just continuing education. Hit up the YouTube channel and the Instagram where I'm always putting out, uh, qu- uh, I'd, I'd say, quality content. Instagram daily, YouTube weekly, and uh, all those are named Synergy Training Group. And so as far as the things that you offer, you offer private lessons, group private lessons, and Mm -hmm. then you also offer enhanced carry if people will get enough people together to make the class. Um, What else am I forgetting? Uh, A lot of advanced training. Um, I would say our listeners probably wouldn't dive off in that field because that's a very niche market that I travel around the country for. Um, But speaking engagements, yep, group private, private, uh, private lessons, group lessons. Um, I can help uh, corporations with their active shooter training, churches with security groups, so on and so forth. Yep. And and everybody that has ever taken from him thoroughly enjoys it. Um, so I love, I love hearing feedback from his uh, students. So, all right, that is a wrap for us today. Thank you all for tuning in. And I look forward to being back on the air next Monday.